Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com and on today's show we're going to provide you with a list of our favorites, our best, our tops of the table when it comes to the LA Galaxy and its players. What win stands out as the best performance and who has risen to command this LA Galaxy team? We'll give you the names and tell you why they need to keep up the hard work. But most importantly, because this 2015 has struggled with consistency and staying healthy, we're also going to give you our list of worst, bad, and unacceptable. It's a great show packed with everything you love about the LA Galaxy. Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and LA Galaxy insider, Adam Serrano. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fun show of Corner of the Galaxy uh, from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have a bunch to get to tonight. It's going to be a fun show. Just Adam and I. That's always good. Just Adam and I. We have a fun time. We're two wild and crazy guys. We can do it going to be a fun show going to be talking about the best the worst uh, the LA Galaxy has offered us so far in 2015 so I'm sure you're going to get a lot of opinions from me a lot of opinions from Adam should be a really fun show so without wasting too much time Adam we should probably get to it I mean when you think of best you think of worst Adam you think of everything in between this LA Galaxy team in 2015 so far has showed us and and they haven't showed us exactly a lot of best I'm actually worried about the best category so far yeah, you know, it's certainly been an up-and-down season uh, for the LA Galaxy. You know, they've struggled with consistency, but they've also struggled with the injury bug. That's something that we haven't really seen happen on a consistent basis for this team over the past few years. But, you know, this year it's kind of really gotten to them. You know, you've seen players like Jose Villarreal go down, you know, after really coming on. You've seen injuries to seemingly every outside back that they've had, and you know, trying to to get some consistency going when you have players constantly going down, constantly going away with international duty, you know, that, that's hard to do. But, you know, even then, this team's kind of in a decent spot going into kind of that second half and that Gerard part of the season. So I think, you know, it hasn't been terrible. It's not ideal. You'd want from a defending MLS Cup champion, but, uh, you know, it's not Colorado. It's not Philadelphia. It's not New York City FC. You have to go you, on the Eastern Conference now. It's New York City FC is sort of that the standard bearer for the for the basement on that side, Adam. They're they're not good right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you have to look at all the issues that they've had. And I mean, not having Robbie Keane, you know, for the longest since he came over, right. 
you know, from Tottenham Hotspur is just killing this team. And, you know, Bruce Arena has trotted out a different lineup for every single game this year. If you want to talk about consistency, you're not going to have consistency when you're constantly having to change pieces. You know, even if it's one piece here, one piece there, you know, the team can't really get into a good rhythm, and that hurts them. It, it does. I think it hurts hurts a lot, and, and certainly that rhythm has come about. But, I mean, you know, Bruce doesn't exactly like consistent lineups to start the season anyway. It's just probably a little deeper than we'd normally run with a Bruce-adjusted lineup system, how he likes to try different pieces at the beginning of the year. But lots of pieces missing, like you said. The injuries here are just almost insurmountable times it's it's getting frustrated and everybody keeps saying when we get healthy and when we get healthy Adam but is is there a point where we're just not going to be healthy this year are we going to be the Lakers uh you know of last year is that what this LA Galaxy team is going to become I mean there's always a worry that the team could not be healthy you know a lot of players are kind of getting up there uh in terms of age but you like to think that you know this training staff is going to get this team going and get them together you have players like a Jose Villarreal and a Robbie Rogers who, you know, seem fit. They seem like they're about to play against Columbus. So, you know, God willing, they'll be consistent contributors going forward. And you won't have these issues. And then you also have, you know, international call-ups with Robbie Keane, Bradford Jameson the fourth, Age De La Garza, all those different players kind of going away internationally. Jaime Pineda as well. Right. Do you think that once these groups kind of get together and, you know, for Galaxy fans, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, you know, it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better because you have the Gold Cup coming yep. up. It looks like, you know, Omar Gonzalez is certainly going to be a part of that team. You know, who else comes and takes? You never know. Right. But, um, you know, Jaime Payne will be away as well, so it's going to be a little bit. But I think around August, this team should start to kind of come together, and you'll have – you know, a Galaxy team that should be able to compete, at least on paper, for their MLS Cup title. Do we have to do something? Does does MLS have to do something? Whenever you're talking about that I should basically, and I'm not saying that this is what you say, but in my mind, this is what I hear when you say you have to wait till August, is I have to write off June and July of this month, basically, for the LA Galaxy, with a bunch of games being played for both of those, and it won't be until August where we'll really get to see the full 100% LA Galaxy team back together. Is there something wrong with MLS that I have that we have to say that? I mean, I don't think so. I think all teams deal with injuries in all sorts of different sports. As you mentioned, you know, the Lakers and, you know, the Dodgers do that too. And the LA Kings we saw in their season that just ended, you know, they had to deal with that as well. Injuries are just part of the game. And, you know, with national team call-ups, it's never easy. And, you know, you'd like to see MLS get better. And that's a, you know, a tired argument that, you know, one day hopefully gets fixed. But I wouldn't say this team, you just ride off, you know, these next two months because, you're seeing a team start to get better, and you're seeing younger players start to mature very quickly, and that's something that needs to happen if this, these next couple months are not going to be you know, very very difficult for this LA Galaxy team. You need players like a Jose Villarreal, an Oscar Sorto, and right. Matthew Maganto to kind of step up and fill those gaps. All right, so now let's get to some of our lists here. I know it's a, a long introduction, but always uh, it, it's good you know, stuff to talk about. This is the state of the LA Galaxy right now, and, and it's something that you certainly have to look. And you know, if you're going to see a streak end, a 29-game uh, home undefeated streak end, then it was going to be in a game like 
the one that they lost to Vancouver where they weren't very good. Um, they didn't play very well. Uh, they didn't look very inspiring, and it comes out to a loss at home. So I ask you first, Adam, what is the worst loss the LA Galaxy have faced so far this year? We have, unfortunately, uh, five losses to go over. That's uh, the 2 nothing loss at Vancouver early in the year where they looked very uninspired and got torched in the second half. Uh, the one nothing loss at DC United, which is basically playing a really good game against DC United, except for the last two minutes and lose one to nothing. A uh, 2-1 loss at FC Dallas. Wacky things happen in Dallas. The 4 nothing loss at Orlando, which um, certainly was lopsided. Or the one nothing loss at home to Vancouver. Which one of those stems uh, or stands out as the worst loss for the LA Galaxy so far this year? I mean, obviously, you know, if you're a fan, that Orlando result jumps out at you just because it was such a thorough, you know, defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if circumstances don't go a certain way, you know, that, that game's a lot closer. You know, possibly the Galaxy are even, you know, in contention to win that game. You know, the game that kind of stick out for me, games being plural, are the losses to Vancouver. You know, up in BC Place, you really just saw this team kind of get pressured over the course of 90 minutes, and they really had no answer for that. You know, Vancouver kind of won that going away. And then you switch it to StubHub Center, and you see an organized Vancouver team, you know, that after they got that goal and the counterattack, was content to sit back, be organized, be compact, and just kind of asphyxiate this Galaxy offense right. and prevent them from getting a shot on goal, something that they had done, you know, every game, you know, for the past couple of seasons, and they weren't able to do it against this very organized and very good Vancouver offense and defense. So I think that those two kind of stick out in my mind as being – kind of these worst losses of this season so far. Yeah, and the loss to Vancouver at home, the most recent, April 12th, I, excuse me, April 7th of 2012 against Sporting Kansas City at Sporting Kansas City was the last time the LA Galaxy were held to zero shots on goal, and it was only the third time in history and the first time in LA Galaxy history that it happened at home. So those are never good stats. Vancouver really good, Adam. I, I, I think they are, but they shouldn't be able to easily handle the LA Galaxy as they have in those two games. Yeah, you know, you're talking about Galaxy teams that either, one, you know, got beat by that high pressure, you know, that really kind of did them in defensively. And then number two, you know, they really played into Vancouver's hands here at home by conceding that goal. You know, Omar Gonzalez was very solid going up against Kikuta Mane in two opportunities. But, you know, Mane gave him a little bit something different on the third look, and he was able to score that goal. And once he did that, you know, the Galaxy really didn't have enough going forward. They weren't creating enough in the final third. And, you know, it was just curtains for them. I mean, I think this Vancouver team is very good. You know, you can echo my sentiment. I've been saying that they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I think they can certainly give the Galaxy a run for their money, given Mm -hmm. their speed. And, you know, their their rapid maturity. So I think they're definitely a very talented team. But I think that the Galaxy certainly have the ability, have the quality to beat a team like that 
when they're at full strength and when they can kind of execute that plan. Yeah, I believe the LA Galaxy were actually out-talented in both of those games uh, as far as who they had available, which is something you don't see the LA Galaxy have happened to, but that speed on Vancouver and their uh, their coordinated defensive effort is really something um, kind of fun to watch. If you weren't an LA Galaxy fan, it would be fun to watch. Um, of course, it pains me to watch them do it to the LA Galaxy, but of course, uh, that's what happens. Um, let's go to the biggest injury the Galaxy have sustained, and I need you to pick one without waffling so that way I can pick the other one. All right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll go with the, the biggest one of all is Robbie Keane. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen Robbie Keane miss extended minutes after that first Vancouver loss, you know, dealing with the turf. You know, he, he tweaked a groin. You know, that lasted, you know, multiple games, his longest absence since he came over from Tottenham Hotspur. And, you know, his absence is felt. You know, when you don't have Robbie Keane there, this team becomes a very direct team. And that's why you've seen this kind of emergence of, you know, Alan Gordon, because you kind of needed to rely on set pieces and, you know, the long ball to kind of get offenses going. And when you don't have Robbie Keane's, you know, ability in the attack, the attack changes and Bruce Arena has to change along with it. So, I mean, once you have, you know, your best player, the reigning MVP, miss the game you're going to lose a little bit of your team you're going to lose a little bit of your personality you're going to have to change a little bit so i mean for my money he's the biggest injury absence so far yeah i think you're right i i can't argue with the one and two because if you have robbie keenan there things happen he's a playmaker but quite honestly for me uh the biggest addition to this team that started this year is jose villarreal and his injuries keeping him out of this la galaxy team have really hurt the galaxy he is a play creator which is something that i don't think jossie zardes can be all the time i think that in most part zardes is a finisher jose villarreal a finisher and that creator the creator that opens opens up space for players like a Giassi's artist who can combine with somebody like Robbie Keane or with Alan Gordon or any of the, the strikers that have been up there with Jose Villarreal on the team right now. Um, he has been great. So it's something that you want to see, you know, the LA Galaxy get him healthy and bring him back as soon as possible. So um, for me, you know, in, in, in a close second place right behind Robbie Keane is that Jose Villarreal injury. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd agree with that. You know, I don't think, uh, Jose says you know, he should be back from his recent shoulder sprain. He's been training since last Friday. You know, he's feeling really, uh, really good. He's been icing that shoulder, feeling confident. I think that he should be available to play against Columbus. And the Galaxy are just going to have to hope that, you know, his injury woes have, have passed. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Uh, sure, hopefully, hopefully you can get uh, get, get uh, Jose Villarreal back on the field, and then obviously, if he wasn't with the Guam national team, getting AJ De La Garza back into the defense, or Robbie Rogers possibly getting back to Adam. All these things again, we seem to be pointing towards healthy, but we're only a game away from seeing another player go down. At least that's the way it feels uh, so far. So now we move to the best win this year. So a little positivity here. The best win this year. We have uh, five to pick from. Same number of losses. Unfortunately, uh, best win this year: the two nothing win versus Chicago that started the season. The one nothing win versus Seattle. Now Seattle playing shorthanded, the LA Galaxy playing shorthanded, but a win at home nonetheless. Uh, a two one win versus Sporting Kansas City. The one nothing win versus Houston, or the one nothing win versus RSL. And Adam, I should point out, all of these wins happened at home. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit difficult uh, in this one because you know there's a little there's a little bit of negativity in in each of them. I think that you look at that win over Seattle. You know, it was a very strong opponent. The Galaxy were very short-handed 
And I think that that game kind of showed you what this team can do when they have, you know, short, a short amount of numbers and are able to still kind of win because Seattle dominated that game in terms of chances. You know, the Seattle media was saying it's probably the best that they've ever played at StubHub Center. Yep. But the Galaxy were still able to get a result, and I think that's why it's important to me. You know, anytime you get a win over a rival – is big, so I think that's why I'm going to have to give that one the nod. Yeah, I mean, I have no argument. I, it's it's hard to see any really standout wins. You could say the most complete win you probably had was the win over Chicago at the very beginning of the year where they won 2 to nothing. but Chicago was so horrible then, um, I'm not sure it proves anything. So, I mean, it's almost like, what's the best win this year? It, hopefully it's the next one, because quite honestly, some of the stuff that's, uh, that's that we've seen at home and the wins we have, just everything has been unconvincing. You, you may get the three points, but I haven't felt really good leaving any game. Maybe the 2-1 win over Sporting Kansas City. Did they, did they ha- didn't they did they come back from being a goal down in order to win that game? Or they at least came back from being tied at one point to win that game. So I think that showed a little bit of what this LA Galaxy team can do. But everything's incomplete, Adam. It's been an incomplete team so far. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would even say that I like the team's performance, you know, in their 2-2 draw against New England over any of these wins because that showed a little bit of character it was a very difficult situation. You saw Nacho Maganto get his first goal. You saw Jossie Zardes score. And, I mean, I think I would give that, in terms of performance, a nod over, you know, any of these wins. And, and I would say that even the one nothing loss to D.C. United was probably one of the better games the L.A. Galaxy played. Should have won that game, end up giving up a goal late. So, uh, not the complete performance again. But still, they played very well in that game. Probably deserved to get three points, or at least a point out of it, and ended up walking away with zero. So, I mean, there's always shades of gray in all of this, which is why it's fun doing all of these lists. Let's go with your best striker so far, Adam. And that is probably one of the hardest things I could ask you. I think that's the easiest question that you're going to ask me. The number one striker, the leading goal scorer of the LA Galaxy, as we all predicted going into this part of the season, is uh, the Galaxy's number nine, Alan Gordon, who is now unquestionably broken the number nine curse. He is the best number nine in Galaxy history. You know, Gordon has showed his grit throughout the season, and he's shown that he can be effective in a variety of roles. You know, coming off the bench is certainly, you know, providing that extra little spark. It's certainly his best element. But, you know, he's shown that over over a full course of 90 minutes, he can also provide some vital hold-up play. He can bash around and kind of help a faster striker kind of facilitate and score goals. So, I mean, you have to look at Alan Gordon probably as one of the top players so far this season. Yeah, he has, especially in that striker role. I mean, it's him and then everybody else is sort of just in a mixing pot underneath that. It's it's hard to really pull anybody out. Uh, you know, Robbie Keane hasn't played consistent minutes. Uh, Giassi Zardes has been inconsistent, although, you know, certainly showing some confidence, uh, whether it was the uh, the goal against New England or it was the uh, the play in the U.S. men's national team. He seems to be starting to pick up some steam and pointing that direction. Now, granted, I said that I don't think he is a a shot creator. He can't create his own shots, but I think he's a finisher. So if the Galaxy can start getting players like Jose Villarreal and Robbie Keane healthy back and in this lineup, I think you're going to see Jossie's artist having a lot more success and putting the ball on the back of the net. I think that's what he's best at. Is there a, uh, is there a best midfielder that you can point out, Adam? I mean, I think you have to look, you know, probably it's probably easy choice, but you have to look at Janino and what he's done, you know, kind of holding this midfield together without Marcelo Sarvas, without Landon Donovan. 
he's been that glue that's kind of kept this team, you know, going. I mean, he's dropping back into more of a holding role that you've seen him over the past few years, but he's also showing an ability to kind of get forward. You know, he served as a team's captain for a few games early on in the season, and he's kind of growing into this leadership role, you know. Those of us know Junie, you know, we know he's a kind of a quiet guy, but in the locker room, he kind of takes on another persona. He's becoming, you know, that vocal presence this team needs without, you know, players like Sarvas and players like Donovan to kind of carry that weight. You know, he's done it all mostly without Robbie Keane, you know, serving as that kind of other captain. So, I mean, he's kind of growing and developing before our very eyes. And I think that he's, your top choice for midfielder. Again, I think it's an easy choice. I don't think there's anybody who really stands out to me. Uh, to me, there is nobody else in the midfield that has really stood out, whether good or bad. I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, Mika is going to be uh, sort of pointed out as probably one of the low spots in this midfield so far, but we really haven't seen him settle into MLS yet. Um, obviously, the uh, the pass that he made and uh, and the giveaway that he made led to the Vancouver goal in this last game, but we haven't seen anything from him. Ishizaki has been so inconsistent for me. Um, sometimes great great crosses, sometimes good corners, sometimes horrible crosses, horrible corners, um, you know, just not really being consistently pushing forward. For me, if you're looking at striker at him, at the midfield, at the defenders, it's the midfield that has had the most inconsistency and needs the most improvement. And if you're going to say that, then you have to realize that that's where they're spending a lot of money with bringing in Steven Gerrard. So you certainly hope that that can can be sort of the, the the glue now that works with Juninho. You need somebody consistent in there. I hope Steven Gerrard is that guy. Let's go to uh, best defender for you. This might be a toss-up, Adam. Are you going to give it to Omar Gonzalez? See, I can. I, it's going to be between two center backs because the outside backs have basically been injured for so long, it's hard to give it to anybody. In fact, Dan Gargan sat next to me in the press box for the LA Galaxy versus Vancouver game to show you where, where Dan Gargan is. But so these defenders, it's Leonardo and it's Omar Gonzalez. Who are you going to and I think there's an argument for both of them. There's certainly an argument for both center backs, but I, I've got to give it to Omar Gonzalez, who personally, for my money, is the team's MVP to date. Uh, you know, he's become so effective in both his positioning, you know, his dealing with speedy forwards, as you saw in the early stages of that Vancouver game, going up one-on-one with Kakuta Mane, and he was able to kind of snuff out those two chances. He's also become very effective in the air, not only, you know, offensively, but defensively as well. And I mentioned this with Janino, but he's also become another leader on this team. And you needed people to step into these roles once you lost Sarbos and Donovan. And he has picked that up. You know, he gets a lot of shtick from the fans, you know, because of certain errors that he may may made or may have not made, you know. I'm starting to lose track of that. But, you know, for my money, I think that Gonzalez has been the most consistent player on this team. And it's, there's no reason that he should not be considered, you know, MLS Defender of the Year to date. It's no no shock that, you know, he's leading uh, MLS All-Star voting in terms of center back. You know, for my money, he's, he's number one. Yeah, it, it's not too hard. I will say this, though. Leo already wins the award for the most improved player ever in the history of Major League Soccer, going from a guy who basically I was fine with leaving in Tijuana whenever uh, the LA Galaxy got beat by TJ uh, in the Champions League. Um, I was fine with leaving him there, and he comes back, has had a solid end of the year last year, did really well uh, you know, in MLS Cup and onward, um, has played really, really well this year. Both central defenders were poor at 
at anticipation, at at communication, and both of them this year have stepped up in that regard. Um, you know, Omar's mistake against Vancouver is one where you know if you're a defender, Adam, you can you can win the the battle nine times out of ten, but whenever you lose that one and they score, it's your fault, and uh, you're a horrible defender. So I don't necessarily believe that uh, Omar should be on the U.S. men's national team. He will get a call up. Bruce is so short with defenders right now. There was no way Omar was going anywhere. So uh, everything seems to be working very well for Omar Gonzalez and possibly even on his way to, I don't know, maybe I will say it, earning his designated player money, where I didn't think he was uh, he was doing that in the year previous. So we'll see where Omar takes us and how good Omar can, can lead this LA Galaxy defense uh, from the back line there and possibly even get into the offensive zone. Adam, if he could just stop some of these forays forward with the ball at his feet, I think I'd be okay. I know he used to play striker. I know, I know he thinks he still is one sometimes, but I would be happy with the ball, passing the ball sideways out to the side instead of him trying to dribble through people yeah there's certainly little little aspects of the game that i think both omar and leo can kind of improve upon you know i think i like omar's initiative kind of going forward and sending in those long balls you know something that that's a weapon this team had when they had david beckham and he's kind of fine-tuning that and making it available and i think that's a perfect type of outlet for a player like a jossie zardis or a bradford james in the fourth kind Mm -hmm. of go on those runs and terms of Leo, you know, you still kind of get some of those defensive miscues. You saw that against Vancouver. You know, he kind of lost the ball at midfield, had to track all the way back. Somehow Vancouver did not score. And then it right. turns out Leo ended up making the decisive clearance to get the ball out of danger. So you want to see those situations minimalized, but I think we have in terms of Leo. So it, we're kind of moving in the right direction. Best goalkeeper, Jaime Pinedo. That was a fun discussion. Um, let's see. Uh, I, what do you want to say about Jaime Pinedo? I'll make it short. He has clearly been one of the best players on the LA Galaxy team this year. Maybe, and we'll get to the top three players next. Okay. Top three players next. But, but, but I mean, Jaime Pinedo has done a lot in, in especially whenever I've been criticizing him from the start of this year, he has really, really been playing really good and is one of the best keepers in major league soccer right now. Yeah. You want, you want to see a little bit more from Pinedo in terms of his anticipation, uh, in terms of him coming out on, on ball, but you know, you really can't fault him for anything that's happened with his team. I know he's been very consistent. You know, his best attribute is kind of making that big save Mm -hmm. and he's done that with a plum this year. You know, a couple words for Brian Rowe, I think has been solid and has, you know, performed well, when given the call, you know, he made those two starts at the beginning of the year and then against Vancouver. And he, right. we're going to see him again for sure once Pineda leaves for the Gold Cup. So I think he's kind of working and growing into that position. I'm excited to see how he does in those performances in June and July. All right, we're going to save the top three LA Galaxy players of the year for the very end. So I want everybody listening to be getting your top three LA Galaxy players ready. Adam, you can also start in the back of your mind doing it, but I have to give you this question before. We have a tough June coming up. It's not a a June that lacks games. It's uh, one game against Vancouver, one, two, three, four, five, six games in June. All right, a little less busy than, uh, than I think May was, but nonetheless still very very busy, all right? So here are the the five remaining games 
in June. I want you to tell me which of these games is the biggest game for the LA Galaxy. You have a June 13th matchup coming up this weekend against the crew in Columbus. All right, Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, Time Warner Cable Deportes. Then you have on June 17th, middle of the week, the LA Galaxy will face off against PSA Elite in the U.S. Open Cup. So that's one to keep an eye on. You have the LA Galaxy versus hosting the Philadelphia Union on June 20th. The LA Galaxy hosting the Portland Timbers on June 24th on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. And on June 27th, to close out the month, the LA Galaxy will travel up to San Jose, play San Jose at Stanford Stadium um, in one in the latest edition of the Cali Classico. So, so which one of these games is the biggest one for you? I mean, the old cliche is the, mo- the most important game is the next game. Boo. And you want to see the Galaxy get a win at Columbus. You know, it's very difficult situations in this team. You know, it's about time this team won on the road. But, you know, other than that Columbus game, which I think they have a great chance of winning, especially if players like Virial and Rodgers are healthy, you've got to look at that game at Stanford Stadium. The California Classico is always a massive, massive game for both clubs. And it's a perfect opportunity for the Galaxy to get that road victory if they haven't got it already at Columbus. You know, San Jose is a team that is reeling. They're not a team that's very sharp right now. They're kind of, you know, they're very static in what they provide and what they do. So it's a team that Bruce Arena should have no real trouble kind of doubting. And, you know, it's a perfect opportunity, you know, for the Galaxy to kind of spoil the earthquakes, the fireworks show, and get a victory on the road. Yeah, that is, that is an absolute perfect answer and 100% wrong. The game against uh, PSA Elite in the U.S. Open Cup is the most important one because you cannot lose that game to that team. That's, that's impossible. That is an impossibility right there. And whenever it happens, if the LA Galaxy lose, that's when I'm going to hear everybody complaining. So that is the biggest game right now coming up. And I don't necessarily agree with you, Adam. I'm just like being contradictory and we can't lose a U.S. Open Cup game to PSA Elite. That's, that's impossible. Impossible, Adam. That- that's fair. That's fair. Okay. So we go, and finally, before we wrap everything up, it is the top three players this year for the LA Galaxy. Adam, can you give me your number? Th- can you, we do them in, in reverse order for you? Can we do number three, the third best player for the LA Galaxy so far this year? Number three, I'm going to go with Jaime Pinedo uh, in terms of, you know, his goalkeeping has been fantastic this season. Uh, he's come up and made the big saves. I mean, you can't even really fault him for what happened in Orlando because that whole situation just kind of got a little bit crazy and he's been consistent. He's actually starting to improve his distribution, which is a big knock on him. And, you know, if he can do that, you know, the galaxy can kind of build more out of the back like Bruce Arena wants and become a more dangerous team. All right. I had uh, Alan Gordon, number three. I won't give you my explanations. The show's already, uh, already running long. Alan Gordon, number three, number two, Adam. Number two is my is your number three, Alan Gordon. You always come up with the big goals. He's starting to work his way, you know, into this galaxy offense and becoming a real integral part of this team. He's my number two. And my number two was Jaime Pinedo, which I know our number one then is the exact same person. So the number one best player so far in this 2015 season is Omar Gonzalez. Why Omar? Uh, Omar has just been the most consistent player. He's starting to earn, you know, all those accolades that Galaxy fans kind of criticized him for. I think that 
He has been the rock in a defense that is constantly changing numbers, constantly changing pieces. And amid all of that, it's kind of, he's kind of kept this team afloat. And I think if it wasn't for Omar Gonzalez and his ability to kind of stabilize this Galaxy defense, you'd see a team that'd be way further down in the table than they are right now. And so I think that he is the the biggest player right now. He's the best player right now. He's my Galaxy MVP to date. Yeah, to date. It's, it's a good one. If I gave you the, your number four pick, would you have uh, Juninho, Leo in there? Would you have Robbie Keane? I mean, where do, where do you go with the number four? You know, that's a little bit of a toughie. I think you could go with all three of those. You could also possibly even give the nod to Jose Villarreal, given how sure. great he was at the beginning of the season. And, you know, what we saw from him at New England with a sprained shoulder to pull off that back heel, that's almost enough for me to give him that number four spot. That's right. He could slide up into that and it wouldn't be a problem. But it's hard. It's hard once you get past that those four and fives to really put together a top players this year because you you then get hit with injuries and inconsistency underneath that so it it certainly is an interesting year for the LA Galaxy is there anything that you want to say before we wrap this up and uh, and get on out of here hello to everybody on Periscope make sure you follow me on Periscope at LA Galaxy Insider make sure you follow there you go. See, make sure you follow Adam. That's not that's not hard to do. I think everybody already follows you. All right. He is LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano at LA Galaxy Insider on Twitter. LAGalaxy.com forward slash blog for all of his writing. Covering the team 24-7, 365. We'll be going to wonderful, beautiful, beautiful Columbus. Have fun with that, Adam. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And, of course, follow us on Periscope. We're doing the show live. People are getting their comments, and I'm reading them while I'm doing the show. If you don't think that has an effect on me, you should follow, try following me on Periscope. Definitely has an effect on me. All right, uh, I think that about does it. The LA Galaxy will be coming, or excuse me, traveling to Columbus this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a 4.30 p.m. Pacific start time on Time Warner Cable Sports Night, Time Warner Cable Deportes. So should be some fun action. We'll have another show looking at that game and also recapping the Vancouver game later on this week. So for LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano, I am Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Goodbye.